Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes, uh, ready to talk about this week's women's MMA. Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so first, I just uh, wanted to mention, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and also my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast, which I did on Tuesday. Okay, so let's start with last week's Invicta show. Uh, the main event had uh, Alicia Zapatella winning the Adam Weight, Invicta Adam Weight Championship over uh, Ashley Cummins. And that went pretty much as I thought it would. Uh, I didn't think Ashley should be getting a, uh, a title shot. I don't think did either. And really what it comes down to is she's good buddies with the promoter. And that's why she got a title shot. But, um, you know, it's not like... Ashley won. It's not like Alicia won in the first round, right? Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, she didn't deserve the shot, but she made the most of it. She gave a good account of herself. It was supposed to be a, I don't want to say a squash match, but a showcase fight for Alicia, and it it showcased some of the talents that Alicia has and why pe- people are big on her. It all could also showcase some of the limitations she has and that she has had, at least for the last two to three years. So um, it's kind of a win and a loss for Alicia. But it was a win for Ashley. She wasn't supposed to win the fight, and she performed pretty well. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, I, I'm not crazy. I wasn't crazy about the fight to begin with, and it didn't really, it didn't really charm me very much. <laughs> you no. know, I didn't. Yeah, go ahead. I said no, no, not at all. It, it, it wasn't wasn't a sexy fight. It wasn't even a great fight. But um, it, for for what it was. As far as the competitiveness, it outperformed what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be very one-sided and probably very short. It was neither. Okay. So where Alicia is headed for here, last year she lost by split decision to Kana Sakura Rising. That fight was in Japan. And I think she probably wants a rematch. The question is, where do you do it? Now, uh, Nobuyuki Sakagabara, uh, Ryan's an owner, he probably wants to do it on the New Year's Eve show. But if he wants... Uh, a shot at the title, he may have to do it in Kansas City. Okay, so we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, I, I think I would, I would do it. I, I'd go with the big show. I think if I'm Alicia, I think they should go with the big show. I don't. I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't know the money connected to it, but I want a bigger show at a bigger stage to showcase my talents, win or lose. You're referring to what? To have it in Ryzen? Yeah. Well, the only problem with that is Ryzen is in a ring. And Invicta is in a cage. And uh, I would personally, if I was representing Alicia, I would want it in the cage. Just because I think yeah. that... But she, as you told me before, Kana's fought in both before, so it doesn't really... She, had, she has, but, um, you know, she's more attuned to the, to the, to the ring, I think. Okay? They're okay. both grappling, okay? Neither of them can strike the day. Okay, so it's, it's going to be a grappling contest no matter what you do. Uh, and, well, uh, one of them can strike a little bit better because she, she that's part, part of why she won that fight last time. That yeah. Patella got touched up on the feet a little bit. That's true. But, and, and as we've seen with fighters out of uh, Scorpion, um, they seem to get to a certain level. They don't really get any better. And Alicia yeah. is not alone in that. Part of part of the and as you told me, you told me that Kana works with Alliance during when she's in America, correct? Not Alliance, but Tenth Planet. Tenth Planet. There you go. Which is part which, of that. Which is part of that, uh, that might have been because of the lack of sparring. If she's getting better sparring, it's easier to develop because people are forcing you in bad spots and exposing holes. If Alicia's the best athlete 
she faces in sparring, why would she get better? The people can't stop what she's doing. I think uh, Kana goes over there like a couple of times a year or something like that. Like she'll spend one month there. She probably didn't go over there this year, obviously, but uh, uh, she's still fighting. So, you know, um, like I said, it, it's a, it's a you got to look at it as a marquee fight. And the thing about Alicia is, if she were to win that fight, that would lead to uh, either Hamso He or Ayaka Hamasaki, and uh, she ain't gonna be doing that. Okay, no way. Yeah, that's two losses, and and depending who, on who she fights first, that could be two punishing losses, like punishing losses. She didn't knock that Ham. You know, that's a yeah. great you can, you can lose the fight, and you can really lose it. She fights Ham. She will really lose. Okay. The, the co-main was at Bantamweight. It was Lisa Versosa uh, beating um, Raquel Canudo by uh, unanimous unanimous decision. Uh, Raquel is the fighter formerly known as Raquel Paoluhi. Um She uh, actually retired from MMA uh, in 2017. She still competed in grappling tournaments. Uh, she opened her own gym. She decided to return to MMA earlier this year. And here she is, and she's not any better. But it also showed that Lisa uh, is a little bit unpolished. Let's put it that way. Lisa's team, and, and nothing against her. I don't know if she's a team with her husband. I don't know who, who her team is, but they're doing it a disservice. She fights a very low IQ style, and she and it's a style that will rely depend on her being a better athlete. She's not a good enough athlete to fight as dumb as she is. And I feel like they need to spend six to eight months, if not a year, really retooling her game and kind of refining some things because the way she's fighting right now is not transferable to the UFC. She's struggling with Invicta fighters and not the really good ones either. So what happens when she moves to the UFC? We already saw a UFC combatant, a third-tier UFC fighter, beat her within an inch of her life. What is she going to do against the second-tier one? Now, she actually won that fight by split decision. You're talking about Ulya Stolyarenko. Yeah, but it's not so much that she didn't, about winning or losing. It's how the fight went. Somebody with a little bit more power, a little bit more athleticism, which all the Bantamweights have, they knock her out. They finish her. Yeah. Okay. I don't think she beats Kuniskaya right now. Do you think she does? Who? If Rososa got called to the UFC right now, does she beat Does she beat a Renault? Does she beat a Kuniskaya? I don't think so. Yeah, she wouldn't be fighting them first. You'd be surprised. They call her late notice. She will well, be. that's a possibility. Okay. Uh, then uh, we had at Strawway, we had Jessica Delboni uh, win over uh, Erica Tiburcio by a unanimous decision. And uh, Jessica trains at uh, PRVT, which is uh, – so she's a teammate of uh, Jessica Andrade. They now are in Las Vegas, by the way. And Erica, we had, last time we saw her was in 2017 – She's a former Invicta Atomweight champion. Uh, she uh, moved to Boston. I guess she got married, moved to Boston with her husband. They opened a gym up there. And uh, they also, she had a baby. She has a son. So we haven't seen her for a while. This was her first fight at Strawweight. And I think she's too small for Strawweight. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And this fight just exposed it. Once again, it's not a great against a great athlete or a great technician. She couldn't really get anything done. Uh, she's trying to get her her career back on track. She's gonna have to, if she can, she's gonna have to drop to Adam Weight. She wants to be to be an active contender at this stage. They're gonna use her to build other fighters. They're gonna say, "This is a former champion. I fought her. I beat her." And she's gonna be 
out of the sport in another year or two. So I believe she needs to drop weight classes or she needs to take a year, year and a half off and retool her entire game because the way she fights right now is not sustainable with that weight class. Yeah, I thought, you know, um, I understand why she wants to fight at strawweight, but I don't think she's big enough. Okay. Uh, We had two other fights on the show. Uh, Victoria Leonardo uh, beat Liz Tracy, and we also had uh, Helen Peralta beat uh, Jennifer Ching, and I didn't think much of either of those fights. Uh, 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 Liz, uh, Helen Peralta came in at the last minute because they had uh, COVID-19 problems when a couple of fights got canceled, so there's actually five fights on the show instead of six, and um, Helen has been fighting lately in bare knuckle fighting championships, but she did used to fight in Invicta and neither of those fights really did anything for me. Uh, uh, you have any thoughts on them or let's go on. No, just go on. Typical Invicta fair. Yeah. Okay. So I, it's the same story. I mean, they can't, they have to stop booking that company. Like, you know, it's a private club and, and treat it like a proper promotion. They just don't do that. You know, don't keep stop booking your friends. Okay. All right. So let's go on to the UFC show from last Saturday. Uh, we begin with um, now the, uh, the fights for all these, uh, these, these three fights, are, they're all up on my blog. Um, Mackenzie Dern beat um, uh, Randa Marcos by um, uh, first round armbar. And typical of Randa, she made an awful mistake. And uh, she went right into uh, just uh, Mackenzie slipped. She went into her guard and it ended with an armbar. Is that, is that the short version? But the point yep. is, is that Randa, again, made a very stupid mistake, as she always seems to do, and that's how she loses fights. Yeah, Randa's a veteran who's fought some of the better talents and better fighters in the division, and she still fights like somebody, somebody, somebody who's in her first three to five fight. Uh, she's an underachiever. Given her talent and her experience level, she should be able to do a lot more. She should be a legitimate, legitimate contender, but because she f- refuses to – to be in a place where she's uncomfortable and been forced to develop. She went back to her camp because it's comfortable for her. She's plateaued. She's been the same fighter for the past three years. And as far as Dern goes, I've learned nothing new about Dern. Well, she's exactly. She's on a two-fight win streak. She's the same fighter. As far as I know, she's the same fighter. Yeah, she we is. We need she, to see her. She. We need to see it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, she's moved now to uh, Jason Perillo, uh, who's a new coach over at Kings MMA. And he also coaches Chris Cyborg. So I'm actually hopeful that he can help her with her striking. But we need to find out if she can actually strike well enough to get to her takedowns, you know. And- yeah, she's been giving she's been a few layups. These are fights that she's supposed to win against a smaller, not really powerful fighter and against a fighter who's known for making egregious mistakes, Courtney Casey-level mistakes, Justine Kish-level mistakes. Well, I think – These were two layups. I think one appropriate opponent might be Angela Hill. Uh, yeah, Angela, I, I like to see a Hill or possibly a Watterson fight. I can't imagine she wants Hill off a two-fight win streak. I believe she might. She she could get Michelle Watterson, and I think that, that works for her just as well. Yeah, it could personally. be. It could be. I, I The reason I say Angela is because she's a better striker uh, than Michelle. Oh, yeah. I know, but Michelle's more popular. They're both attractive women. Mm. But like I said, the UFC, skirting the issue and put in, in making that fight. I think that fight carries a little bit more mm. cachet with it as far as right. fans. Really makes no difference to me. Okay. On the next fight, we had uh, Mayra Buena Silva uh, win by uh, first round armbar 
uh, first round armbar, right? First round armbar over um, Mara Romero Barella. And again, this is Mara just showed absolutely no awareness of what the hell she was doing. She got a takedown and she just lost her concentration or wasn't paying attention. And uh, Mara started working from the bottom. And what happened was her, her hand was trapped, her right hand was trapped. But once she got it loose, she hooked the arm bar and that was it. Mara must have thought she, uh, Mara must have thought she was safe or something, but she wasn't. Okay. Well, the thing about it is um, Silva, she's, she's a decent athlete. She's all right on the feet. She kind of hits hard. She's aggressive. But the thing is her, 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 her strategy is so disjointed. She can't put things together. She's either striking or grappling or trying to wrestle. She can't put it together. So you can actually dominate her. If you see her fight, I think it was Gillian Anderson yes. she fought, if I'm correct. Yes. Gillian Anderson was essentially winning that fight. She lost focus for a second and got finished. Silva's an opportunistic fighter. She'll be losing until till she, till she's all of a sudden winning. Or she'll be when she's losing, she's losing. When she's winning, it'll be even fight or she'll be losing and then she'll pull out a win because she'll find something, somebody to get too comfortable, somebody to get too sloppy. That's the same story of this fight. Yeah. She's not a very well together put together fighter technically or strategically, but if you give her an opening on the feet or on the ground, she's going to go for it all out and she will look to finish. Now, Mayra won that fight over Jillian Robertson after she blew out her knee. If, she, if that had gone to the end of the round, there's five seconds left. If that had gone to the end of the round, she would have lost because she wouldn't have been able to continue. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Now, her girlfriend, I've forgotten her name, her girlfriend is going to be on uh, the Contender Series in uh, November. So you may have both of them in the UFC. Well, that's, just, that's fabulous. Okay. Nice to show high standards to get in. Okay. The third fight was uh, interesting. <laughs> it was, um, it was uh, Jessica Rose Clark uh, winning over... Um, Sarah Alpar by um, a third round TKO. And I remember seeing Sarah last year on the uh, Contender Series. And it's been a while since I see her. So one of the things I forgot about her is I know they were considering, drop, considering dropping her to flyweight because she's kind of heavy. She looks kind of heavy for a, uh, a bantamweight, if that makes any sense. Like she doesn't look in the best shape. Okay, and it might improve her quickness if she dropped down to flyweight. But uh, she's a grappler, but she can't strike with a shift. You know, she's awful. And um, I thought um, um, Jessica got an excellent strategy from uh, Kieran Fitzgibbon over at Combat Sports Academy, and it worked perfectly. So the big story on this was when um, uh, uh, Jessica nailed, her, nailed uh, Sarah with a knee, and the referee stopped, referee Cristiano stopped the fight to look at the replay uh, to see if it was legal, which it turned out it was. What I don't think a lot of us knew at the time is that in Nevada, uh, they don't stop the fight after the replay. So his mistake was asking her if she wanted to continue, which I think he just should have stopped the fight. You could see what kind of damage she had or have the doctor come in and look at her. They would, he would have stopped the fight. What difference does it make? But to ask a fighter if they want to continue, I don't agree with that. I think you, uh, in that situation, I think you go to the doctor and have her look, have him look at her and he can decide whether she should continue or not. And he probably would have said no. And But it ended anyway. And uh, for me, Sarah has to improve her striking a lot. And I don't know if she can do that. Yeah, the thing about it is, and first of all, 
remember I said Alicia versus Ashley is supposed to be um, a showcase fight. I also said that this is supposed to be a showcase fight. When you're in a showcase fight, this is how you're supposed to perform. You're supposed to make it look like that person does not belong in the cage with you. And that was basically the difference. Jessica Rose Clark had a physicality advantage, and she just faced better opposition. Sarah didn't know how to control, slow the fight down. She couldn't get to the ground. She had no idea what to do on the feet other than swing back or cover up. She, did, she was very underprepared for what she was beginning to be faced. She, she was put in with a veteran fighter, and she had no answers for it. And she got bullied, and she got outworked, and she got beaten up. I said before, this fight really shouldn't have been made. I, didn't, I hadn't seen Sarah, but I knew it shouldn't have been made. This was uneven, and it was unfair, and her corner did not protect her. And then the ref didn't protect her either because people are hung up on being tough when they're not taking the punishment. Okay. Like I said, all three of those fights are up on my blog. Now, we have a show tomorrow night. Uh, there's one women's fight on the show. It is Ketlin Vieira versus Sujari Eubanks at Bantamweight. Now, um, it was supposed to be Marion Renault, and uh, she pulled out. And uh, Sujara just fought a couple of weeks ago. And to me, I think she's bright enough more than she can chew. Okay, because uh, Ketlin, so Ketlin was undefeated and then she had knee surgery and then she came back and then she got knocked out. It was a one punch knockout by um, uh, what's her name? Right. Arena Aldana, right. The bottom line is this. If she had won that fight, she'd be in that main event. With Holly Holm. Okay, probably heading toward her, toward her title shot. Not that I think she can be. Uh, Amanda Nunez, but that's where she'd be heading. And um, she said, uh, first of all, let me say, first of all, that she trains at Nova Bunyao in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Her main coach, of course, is Andre Dudu Pedroneiras. Now, he's not going to be there. He's, he uh, tested positive COVID-19. So Marcos Galvao will be her uh, coach on this occasion. And, um, I mean, she's an elite fighter, Okay. Uh, she admitted in interviews this week that she got uh, she was beating up Irene during that fight, and she just got overconfident and she got caught. She let her guard down. When what she really should have done, and I do agree with her, was take it to the take it to the ground, and she would have won the fight fairly easily. And that's what I think she's going to try and do here. Because the, the difference between uh, Ketlin and a lot of other fighters who think they're good on the ground is Ketlin knows how to strike well enough to set up her takedowns, okay? And I think that's what makes her a elite fighter. Uh, it's not just the takedowns. The wild card here is, of course, Sajara. Is who's Sajara's teammate? Claudia Gadelia. And who does Claudia Gadelia know really, really well? Catlin Vieira. They used to train together, of course, over at Ovalonia. So where do you think this is going? Um, I would probably have to favor Ketlin. This is very similar to the Julia Villa fight. The difference being Ketlin's been in with a better class of mm -hmm. opponent. I think Ketlin's cardio is a little bit better. And unlike um, Avia, Ketlin can actually engage in, a, in an extended grappling exchange. She's got good enough wrestling yeah. and scrambling, and she's got good enough submissions that when Avia fought Sajara, the ground was a safety zone. She could slow down the fight, and when Avia engaged in it, it gave her time to rest pick her spots, and break her Ketlin, down. That won't work with She Ketlin. doesn't have a spot. She, she can't rest on the ground. And even though Shajar is good in, on the body shots and she's a decent striker, 
She's not a super hard puncher, and she, defensively, she's not good. And when she gets tired, she, she turns terrible. So this, on paper, is a very bad matchup with her. If Ketlin is good and she's recovered, and she's got her confidence back, and she's really taking the time off to kind of get herself straight, then she should win this and win this going away. If she's flawed of any way, she should still win, but it'd be it'd be a dangerous fight. But if she's ready to go and 100%, she should be able to beat um, Sajara fairly, fairly, fairly cleanly. I mean, Sajara shouldn't have won last week. Avia just totally had a mental meltdown and cost herself that fight. So the thing about the thing about uh, Kevin is a lot of times you have to lose to learn how to win. Would you agree with that? And yeah. I think in Ketlin's case, I wouldn't just, you know, I think that was in a lot of ways she got beaten by, she got beaten by her own uh, arrogance and stupidity. And she basically admitted that in interviews this week. And uh, if she's learned her lesson, which I kind of think she has, then I see her winning pretty handily, possibly with a first round uh, armbar because she's won like that before. Yeah. The- Aldana's not super great, but Aldana's a rangy, and she's a good athlete. She's not the kind of person you can take for granted. When when they made the fight, I said this is not a good fight for her. She's coming back facing a legitimate girl who's quick, fast, and a but striker. she was losing. If she's she, not one hundred percent, she was losing. Like Irene was losing that fight when she when she landed. Yeah. Oh no. I, I, yeah. She 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 was losing it, but it's like when you haven't fought for a while, you get really eager. You get you get overconfident sometimes because you're you're trying to. You, you, you want to make a jump. Like, you've been off for a while. You want to go right back to the top. Mistakes start happening. And that's what I, that's what happened. She had the fight in See, hand. She got a little bit of grief. So, I, so she, coming back from the knee injury, because she was off for, like, a year and a half, um, that's what she, – she was just getting over the weekend, right? Yeah. When, when I say I want, I want to know she's 100%, I mean not just physically, but mentally. Is she ready to – Go through the steps, or is she going to try and skip steps in the fight and cost herself? That's all she did. She tried to skip steps. She had one to five. She got to three and said, oh, it's done. And if she would have went four or five, win. But she went. She jumped to five and finished. All she had to do was go through the steps, play the game. And she tried to put a stamp on it and put on a show. Don't put on a show. Get the win. Wins are better than shows. Enough wins gets you what you want. Winning and losing, putting on a show, doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help your career yeah. either. Okay, that's uh, the only fight that's uh, on women's fight that's on tomorrow's UFC show. Now, I wanted to mention one other thing, which I forgot to mention last week, and that's that uh, Deep Jewels has a show coming up in uh, October. And Deep Jewels atomweight champion uh, Tomo Masawa uh, is scheduled to fight on that show, and she announced that it will be her retirement. Okay. And so uh, they're going to have to have a tournament or something like that. I presume they can do a tournament, a tournament or something like that to replace her. Uh, you know, she's not a great fighter. She actually recently lost to Ayaka Hamasaki on a Ryzen show. So she's not a great fighter. I think she wanted to fight. Now that she's fought Ayaka, she figures she can retire, I suppose. Okay. But she's not a great fighter by any means. None of the fighters there are. Uh, so uh, I just, I just wanted to make mention of that. And uh, what, I'll, what I'll probably be doing is when the Deep Jewels show, uh, when that actually happens, I'll be having my buddy Charlie. Uh, he lives in Japan, uh, married a Japanese girl. He lives in Japan. And he usually goes to these shows. So I'm going to be having him on, on my other podcast. Okay. So um, that's coming down the line. That's going to be end of October, I believe, is when that show is. Okay. Anything else you want to cover or that about it? 
Uh, just once again, doing a selfish plug of my show, the MMA Rating Podcast. It, it's not really WMMA focused, but we cover a lot of the uh, other issues, the business, more the male side of the, the uh, mixed martial arts community. But it's a good show. It's me talking. And if you hate me talking, then I guess you don't listen to either one of these shows. But <laughs> I like doing it. And, uh, you know, anybody want to come over and check it out? It usually comes out Tuesday or Wednesday. Were you getting – I noticed on Twitter you were saying that you were uh... – criticizing a couple of Invicta fighters. Were you getting blowback from that from people? Uh, a little bit. I've Usually every time I mention a fighter, the first thing people do, it, sometimes it's the fighter camps. As I told you, JoJo Calderwood's coach actually contacted a website I wrote for and told them to pull the article or, or told me to be more positive because yeah. I was affecting your confidence, whatever that means. But I've had fighters do that. Cats and Ghana's people contacted me once, Holly Holmes people. I've had a couple people who know the fighters, like, what do you know? You haven't. You haven't, you, you haven't, you know, you don't know anything. And then I give my list of accomplishments. And then they're like, have you ever fought? I say no. And then they're like, oh, well, then you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, professional world championship coaches have come to me for advice and what wanted my opinion on something. So clearly I know what I'm talking about. But it's always a pushback. And I'm really, I'm really just trying to help. When I write this stuff, I hope they see it. Because if I see these holes, the other paid professionals see them, and it's going to stop your career. And I make sure I put these out here so that when we talk about these fighters later on in our show – and they keep losing in the same way, people can like, well, he put it out there. I'm, I'm, I'm building a trail of evidence for myself so that when we say, we talked about this before, they can't go back and say, oh, no, you just noticed it. No, me, me, and, me and my friend Frank Pose have been talking about this for the last six months last year. Yeah. And I put it out on Twitter, too. They didn't, they didn't fix yeah, it. Yeah, listen, nobody, when I, when I uh, criticize fighters, nobody ever comes back to me. First of all, I don't usually do that on Twitter, Okay. To each his own. I don't do that on Twitter. I save it for the podcast, right? If somebody wants to listen to this podcast, leave a message on Anchor or come back to me on Twitter and complain, be my guest. I can block them. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Because, you know, I've so yeah. told you this before. There's only one opinion that means anything to me, and that's mine. Okay? I respect your opinion, but, you know, I... I use it to kind of go back and forth here. And we don't disagree very often, to be quite frank. And people must think it's a love in here or something like that. But it's not. And in fact, we never discuss what we're going to say beforehand. No, there's no prep. We just come in cold and whatever yeah, comes because out. Because that's what, what I want to do, okay? That's how I prefer to do it, okay? If you're a broadcaster of any kind of uh, quality, you don't need a damn script. I don't need to know what you think in advance. Okay, I don't really worry about, it. you know, you have your opinion. I have my opinion. Sometimes they, we agree. Sometimes we disagree. Who cares? We don't take it too seriously anyway. Okay, so. Yeah, that's what I, that's one of the best things I like about the show. You're very honest with your opinions and you have a stance. You'll stand with it, whether it falls in line with mine or not. You're going to stand with it. And I think that's important. I think you should have opinions that differ from mine. Otherwise, there's no point in having a yeah. show. And then you're just another, I don't want to say a bootlicker in MMA, no, but there's a lot of geez, people who no. just, yeah. I hate those Well, what people. I try and do is I just basically try and uh, uh, ask questions. Uh, and, and that's what I think my job is here, is to ask questions. I have my own opinion, but I also I have to ask the proper questions. I, there's people out there who don't know how to ask questions. Yep, that, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. And, that, and just to close out, this is why I post these things. Like, there's a lot of young fighters who don't know any better. There's a lot of people who've never worked with a top-level camp or never worked with a top-level fighter. 
they think that whoever, whatever these people are telling them is the God's honest truth. And I'm here to tell you, I've worked with better people than them, better fighters, better camps, better corners, all these people. I've already done that. So I'm not doing it to show off. I'm trying to offer help. Maybe your camp doesn't know that you need to jab your way in and jab your way out. If they don't, they're stealing money from you, but at least point this out to them. And if they don't know this, maybe you need to find some outside help. Maybe they know you need to set up the takedowns better. If you don't know these things and you're professional fighting, this isn't a game. You can get really hurt. You can ruin your career. You need to know these things. And if, I, if you have a good coach, then they know what I'm saying is true, and they'll tell you that. And they'll say, yeah, even he a sees lot. it. So you but, need to work on it. But if they're getting offended by it, they're not that good. But a lot they're of not that good. And, I, do that. That, and that's the part. I've had, I've had coaches who are high level say, hey, why don't you move out here? We can start working together. We'll mentor you up. You can get into our system. So it's not like just scrub people are telling me this. So I, I'm seeing the same thing that the best coaches in the world are seeing. And you don't have – these guys don't have the best coaches. I'm trying to help. I'm not even charging for this. I'm giving you free advice to help you. You don't want to take it, fine. But when I talk about it on the show two and three years later and I keep calling you out for it, don't get mad at me. I told you three years ago you need to work on this. You didn't. And you're still losing the same way. That's your fault. Don't get mad at me. Fix it. Yeah, that's the way it is. Anyways, that's about it for today. Uh, again, uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, Frank Posey's Big Bad Podcast. If you want to leave a voice message for either of my uh, podcasts or my blog, you can leave a voicemail. If you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at uh, Google, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I should tell you that uh, we're starting to build an audience here. We're getting more uh, uh, listens than we've gotten in the past. So uh, oh. uh, you were asking about that last week, and I do check the stats periodically. So anyway, uh, that's about it for today. Uh, enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.